You're listening to Believe. My name is Nicholas Upchurch. Now here's an amazing clip from our show in the category of money and business. Hello, and welcome everyone to Believe. Uh, we are a conscious media company where we are bringing you guys amazing stories revolving around money and business, health and wellness, true success, our universe, and world news. I am Vanessa, and we are going to have a fabulous day today. Um, we're going to jump right into a money and business topic. Um, question. Could spiritual consciousness make or you know make for a better business could spiritual consciousness be necessary for a successful business hmm. let's let's talk about that a little bit now there are some people that would go as far as to say yes spirituality is an integral part to an emotionally emotionally wealthy uh life um you know to a balanced life and that community just you know the very concept of community and you know, a larger purpose attached to work energizes us and it gives us a purpose. It gives us, you know, a deeper meaning for success. These things I've heard and, you know, I happen to agree with those people. Um, but it's possible that, you know, maybe you don't. It's possible that maybe you see things differently. But I would love to ask, you know, anyone that does see that differently. Let's ask them, why do we care about money? Why do you care about money? You know, why do we work? What do you believe the reason or the purpose is for that? And, you know, it's as if we live to work, we live to work, we work to live to, you know, afford our basic necessities and all that kind of stuff. And pretty soon it feels like we forget why we're living. You know, we forget to enjoy our lives and to, you know, find to find happiness in things. And we just kind of just walk through life. You know, we just get through life rather than living through life. I think that all that this is connected, I think it's all connected with our perception about success, um, our businesses, and what we need to incorporate into them to make them successful. I think that it's all connected. And um, we know that at this point, though, of course, when it comes to money, and as far as, you know, maybe to answer that question, why do we need it? Why do we work? You know, it's, it's you know, for freedom. We, we work so that we we, we allow ourselves, you know, the freedom to get what we want, do what we want, and, you know, to live the life that we think that we want. But what's interesting is that we cannot buy happiness. We can't buy love. We can't buy those types of satisfactions. So what exactly, it leads back to that question, what are we working for? You know, if what are what are we doing if we if we don't actually understand the bigger picture? If we don't understand what why we're doing it, then why are we doing it? You know, these are questions that have always filled my mind. And you know, I think this topic today is truly, truly for those individuals who dedicate their lives, who work tirelessly, overwork themselves for the material objects, for things just to buy things in life, you know, a fancy car, a nice home. These are great things. We need them. You know, they're, st they're stable things, of course, or they equate to a stable life. But I really think this is for you, for anyone that really equates your social status with your work. And, you know, you haven't really found that that deeper personal connection in connecting your life's work to your spirituality as well as, you know, your, your humanness, if you will. 
all those different things. Maybe this story, this topic, you know, is for you. Um, we must have some connection to a philosophy of life that's bigger than solely feeding our egos and material needs. Um, I got that from an article, Seven Tips, um, from entrepreneur.com, I'm sorry, <clears throat> where it was discussed. The name of that article is Seven Reasons Spirituality is Integral to an Emotionally um, Wealthy Life. And I think that it definitely, definitely holds weight. I think that we need to be focusing more on the holistic view. I think we need to incorporate um, our spirituality, philosophies, more of a philosophy or way of life into our workplaces and into our into our businesses. And, you know, maybe you're asking me still, why? <laughs> why is this? Why should I do this? Why should I care? What is spirituality? Why? How can it benefit me? And all those all these other questions. Um, and we, we, I do have some answers for you. Spirituality, I believe it, you know, I think that it definitely does result into in a higher quality of life. It it connects you back to something that's more meaningful, you know, and to more mindful uh, choices. And I believe that we no longer feel alone when we're faced with our struggles because then now you'll be a part of a community, other individuals, like-minded individuals who also perceive things the way that you do and who also, you know, they're just trying to find, they're just trying to make things work out for themselves just as well. You need people, though, that are going to be there for you on those, um, I guess, through those challenges. Someone to communicate with, someone to comfort you, uh, someone to counsel you, Um the more that we loves our, love ourselves, respect ourselves and other people, the healthier um, the choices that we make in nearly every area of our lives will be. And I truly believe that. But when we, when we dive into this, I'm going to give you seven amazing tips um, as, to how, as to how you can do this. But before we do dive into that, I kind of want to explain on deeper spirituality. You know, and me, when, when I hear this, when I connect this piece and the story that I'm giving to you, when you hear spirituality, I want you to connect it to, to mindfulness, connect it to holistic lifestyles and, or a holistic lifestyle and, you know, holistic perspectives, incorporating the whole, the sum, um, self-awareness, as well as prosperity. I think all of these things are connected with spirituality and connected to finding spirituality in your workplace. Now, self-awareness being one of the biggest ones on that list, uh, I believe, it's one of the most important skills to definitely have uh, for success. I think anyone would tell you that, that being self-aware um, and knowing your strengths, your weaknesses and, and so forth will totally help you in the long run for success. So it doesn't change when we're talking about it in this perspective. How you behave and respond to your external situations, it's governed by internal mental and emotional processes. So everything is connected, whether you want to perceive it or not. Whether you are in tune with the fact that, you know, every little thing that happens in your life is affecting every other little thing in your life, whether you're aware of it or not, it is affecting you. So it would make more sense to dive into that, you know, to just become in tune with all these little processes that are happening around you. Now, <clears throat> I don't think it's difficult. Here's a little side note story for you. I don't think that it's difficult to determine, you know, whether you're dealing with somebody that's spiritually conscious or conscious or anything like that. Um, but I think that you would want your employer, you know, the people that you, the person that you work for, um, as well as 
you know, your employees, you'd want, you'd want to be surrounded by people that value consciousness and value mindfulness. Um, and I would just say, for instance, personal story, I, a previous um, employer of, of mine, he spent the majority of his time yelling, um, very unpleasant attitude, yelling at all of us, um, literally anyone that worked um, under this, under this man, he, uh, you got yelled at, you got cursed at, you got disrespected, and it was just not a very pleasant situation for people to be in. And like I said, this was on a regular basis. Um, he was running a sales, a sales office, a sales room. So I believe that he felt that his attitude and his enthusiasm, if you will, um, was reasonable and tolerant and should be okay and was necessary. Um, I think he felt he needed that um, to, to push people. But when he found that other offices, other insurance um, sales offices were making more money, were also doing bigger things and everything else compared to his, um, he really, you know, he was kind of in for a rude, rude awakening. And pretty, you know, pretty soon he had employees of his own that were leaving and going to other places, taking on other opportunities and so on and so forth. So he was losing, you know, so many opportunities overnight almost. And it's really, he only had himself to blame because I believe that it was his attitude, his approach um, to his business that ultimately caused all these things. I think that if he focused a little more, you know, on mindfulness, and I think that I'm really using this example as I learned a lot from it. And I think that you can learn a lot from it. It's not to, you know, point at this person or bring this person down or make them feel any type of way. It really is just I learned, I was mindful, you know, in that moment, watching everything that happened. So I learned about how just being mindful, just being aware of how your words and your actions affect others and how other people can perceive your, you know, perceptions and observations differently. Just being aware of all of that, just being mindful of it, I think could totally help you and it, it could save you know, these kinds of situations. So I just wanted to share that, you know, it's possible that you've ran into a similar situation. Maybe you have, maybe you've already been faced with a situation where all you had to learn was mindfulness and maybe you didn't pay attention to it then. Maybe this story, you know, will go to serve you. But I think that we, you'll find that you'll find more stories like that throughout your entire life. There are so many things that are going on around you and it's like little, little things are just trying to present themselves to you. And it's literally just about being mindful to it, being open to receiving that information. So <clears throat> I'm just going to say, right, there were a few things that he did wrong there, right? He didn't take the time to establish a positive, healthy environment for his employees um, where possibilities can grow. He wasn't aware of his own actions and, you know, how they affected others. And he was rude and unpleasant, of course. And so naturally you're going to be, you're going to be, um, setting that tone for your employees. They might walk in and it's just like, Oh, a downpour of negative energy. And that's how they're going to approach their day. That's how they're going to approach their sales. And that's how their week is going to be, you know? So I think there's so much to be learned from that. And if you don't believe that self-awareness and consciousness are important to your growth and your growth, uh, your business's growth, then hopefully these seven tips will help you see something different. It'll maybe um, spark something different in you. Honestly, I would say try these seven tips and see if they make a difference in your life. Let's go ahead and start with number one, um, the three whys. Now, before taking action, um, 
it's suggested that you ask yourself why. Why am I doing this? What can I, what, what, what is here to gain? What's beneficial? Pros and cons. You ask yourself why. And then when you get an answer, you ask yourself again. Follow it up with the follow it up with another question, why? And then once more, third time, ask why again. And it's been said that if you can find three good legitimate reasons, you know, to do something, then you have clarity and you will be more confident um, in your actions and in carrying out that, that action. So ask yourself why three times every single time you're trying to make a decision about something so that you can gain the clarity and the confidence and the understanding as to why you do want to do it. Number two, expand your emotional vocabulary. It was philosopher uh, Wittgenstein who said the limits of my language means, means the limits of my world. He understood that what it is that he understood and what it is that he knew is as far as he'll be able to go. So if you're constantly expanding your emotional vocabulary and constantly, and that's also your vocabulary as well, right? Constantly learn new things. But putting your feelings into words um, has a therapeutic effect to it. So if you can find a way to find new ways to, um, I guess, express yourself, not just, you know, I'm tired, but I'm exhausted and really going into the details as to why you're exhausted. You're, you're making a mind-body connection and you're, and um, it's making it easier for you to understand those, those weird things that are going on. You know, it'll be easier for you to understand why you're exhausted and you'll probably won't think, you know, when it happens, you won't, your first thought won't be that you're exhausted. Your first thought will be that solution that you've already come to. You know, oh, I need to drink more water. That's what happens. I get tired. You know, you'll you'll start to actually notice the processes of your body, of your brain, of your emotions. If you get in the habit, you get into the habit of um, using more words, using different words, and really expanding your emotional vocabulary. Number three is practice saying no to yourself. I love this one. And honestly, I have, I'm learning from this one every single day. The ability to say no to yourself um, to put off short-term gratifications for the long-term gain is so important. It's such a huge life skill. And every entrepreneur, of course, they know this. Back me up here, of course. It's like a muscle. You're strengthening it. You know, you're strengthening it with exercise. You're practicing, you're practicing. And what I'm and what I mean by, you know, I'm learning from this every single day. I'm one of those people that has, you know, a habit of taking off my clothes at night and just throwing it on a chair somewhere, right? And I've, I wanted to train myself to be more organized, to be, you know, more tidy, to to not do stuff like that. So I've been training myself and saying no to myself. I literally, the other night, it was really funny. I, I, I laid in bed and I was ready to go to sleep and I literally forced myself. I told myself, you are not allowed to go to sleep. You're not allowed to get comfortable until you get up and take that jacket and put it in the closet on a hanger. And I did it. And I'm getting in the habit of not allowing myself to slack off and not allowing myself to get away with the things that it's like, oh, whatever, it's one day. I told myself that night, and it's so funny, I literally wouldn't let myself go to sleep. I just kept talking and talking, like that little voice in your head, I wouldn't let it stop talking. I was just like, you leave it there today, it'll pile up, it'll become you know, an even bigger mess by the end of the week. You know, I was just going, this just goes into showing you that saying no to yourself is only conditioning yourself for better, stronger habits that you'll want <laughs> later on in life. Number four, is to break the visceral reactions. Self-awareness, it, 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 it allows you to be an individual. It allows yourself to actually think about what it is that you want. You're gonna objectively and rationally look at situations. 
um, without acting on your, I guess, your stereotypes and your biases, without acting on whatever it is that you think it should be. You become more and more of aware of who you actually are and what it is that you actually want. And, you know, you, you're, you're moving more towards um, actually, actually getting what it is that you want. So <clears throat> it's suggested that you just take a deep breath before you act, especially when in a situation that triggers anger or frustrations. This gives you enough time to recess whether your response will be the best one. Um, this is actually, I've actually helped quite a few friends with anger issues also go through something like this. I've always been pretty good at, at this similar tactic when it comes to just breathing and acting at my frustrations and not allowing myself to, you know, um, let my angers dictate uh, for me. Of course it's happened. I'm human. It has happened. But I know that, I know it's something that I allow to happen often. And I've helped a lot of other people reach that realization and work on that as well. Just take a deep breath, you know, take a step away from the situation. Don't allow yourself to be overwhelmed. Um, and by taking that step back, you're giving yourself the time to analyze your frustrations. And by analyzing your frustrations, you're learning about yourself and what leads to those frustrations. So it's no longer about not getting angry. It's about actually understanding what gets you angry. And I think that it's just, it's all about mindfulness. Everything I'm saying to you could be described in one word, mindfulness, just paying attention to your, to your motives, to your reactions, to your life and to what you do. So that was number four. Number five is to practice self-evaluation and reflection. Again, mindfulness, keep a journal, you know, and track your progress. How would you rate your current level of self-awareness out there right now? How would you, how would you um, rate your current level? One to 10, how much self-awareness would you say that you have? And if it's, you know, closer to one, work on getting closer to 10. If it's, you know, right in the middle, work on getting closer to 10. Think about how often you, st you say regretful things, repeat bad habits, make absent-minded distractions, have erratic thoughts. Think about those things and set regular goals to break those goals, to break those things. Um, you're going to break your big goals down into small milestones. And you're going to ask yourself at the end of each day, what did I do well today? And write that down. And then ask yourself, how can I improve on this tomorrow? And write those down. Honestly, I truly think that this is the epitome of mindfulness, like I said. And I think that this is what all great entrepreneurs do. I think all great entrepreneurs have that moment either daily, weekly, monthly, whatever it is that they figure out what it is that they are doing well and what it is that they need to work on. It's the only way that we're going to be able to improve. So definitely Set self-evaluations, practice that, practice getting into the habit of critiquing yourself and learning more about your, your pros and your cons, your strengths and your weaknesses, right? Do a SWOT analysis. That's essentially what we're talking about here. Really get into what is, what needs to be done to make this business a better business. Number six. So ask for constructive feedback regularly. I'm not sure how everybody, how everybody looks at this, but I've always been Huge on, on constructive criticism. I love it. Give it to me. I need more and more and more and more. But not everybody is like that. But I truly think that it's great. I think it's great for you because we all have blind spots in our thinking process and our behavior. And I really think that you need to not be so one dimensional. You need to allow another person. And of course, let that other person be a mentor, someone you trust, someone you respect. Someone you know that knows you, understands your vision. All of those things I think are important. Don't just ask any random person, especially someone that maybe doesn't have your back, right? 
definitely look for constructive criticism from those positive people in your life. And asking for that regular constructive feedback, it cuts through any of that self-deficit, right? It cuts through that one-dimensional view of yourself and it allows you to open up a realistic perspective, right? So employers, I think, they should always be looking to improve and they should always be ready for change. Don't be so prideful and, you know, that you can't entertain advice and that you can't allow another opinion, you know, to be there. Definitely um, allow, allow constructive criticism, constructive feedback to be a part of your business. I think it's going to go a long way for you. And lastly, number seven, I would say is meditation. Of course, meditation is known as the foundation for improving your self-awareness, right? It gets us in, in tune with those things that we normally ignore all day. It literally starts and ends with here. Um, by focusing on your breath, you're becoming more and more aware of how your mind wanders. And then if you're becoming more and more aware of that, how your mind wanders and, you know, when it happens, you actually let yourself um, or you're allowing yourself to, focus, you know, to get better at jumping back into focus, snapping back into focus and let it, allowing minimal distractions to live. That's what happens when you focus on meditation and you incorporate that. Focusing on your breath allows you to do that. And I think it's something that also should be incorporated into your business. I would go as to even say that employers should incorporate this practice into their, into their programs, you know? Encourage your employees to meditate. Encourage them to be more mindful of each other and of, of themselves. I think that that's something that can help your business. I, I don't see why not, of course. And so when we're examining these seven tips, and you can find more tips um, in the entrepreneur um, article on entrepreneur.com. I think it's quite reasonable for businesses to incorporate mindfulness. And I think spirituality is something that makes for a better business. Um, and I only, it also makes you better at what you do. You know, it helps others become better at what they do as well. And, you know, it really just gets you into the habit, into the mode of being more holistic, of being more involved with every single aspect of your business. I've never heard of an owner that that had nothing to do with their business. I mean, of course, I'm sure there are, you know, there are some out there, but but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think that they, that people that are really invested in their business, I think that they are going that extra mile and incorporating mindfulness into their business and encouraging their employees to do the same. So keeps you humble as well and get excited to learn more about your business and more about yourself. All right. So that was money and business. Um, could spiritual consciousness make for a better business? 